Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Chelsea Spot podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, it feels really, really weird doing this. It's been about six weeks. Before that, it'd been four weeks. And it sort of felt like every episode we were saying it was, we're back. Um, and that's because I did truly believe we were back and that we would be uploading on a much more regular basis than one you're used to. But um Basically, this whole episode, as you've probably seen from the title, is an update on what basically has been going on with the Chelsea Spot podcast and sort of sort of giving you an idea of why we've barely been uploading and the future of the podcast and everything that um, all related to that. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't want to say I'm back, but I'm back. Um, it's... It's Path, it's Pari, my name is Path, I have recently, I don't even know if the last time I uploaded my name on the Twitter handle was Path, but the, my name has always been Path, Pari was just a name I used on on social media to hide my profile, but I thought recently, why not, let's make it a bit more public, Um, that's really irrelevant, so I'm just waffling now, but yeah, I mean, I, ho- I hope you guys are all doing, uh, doing really well, Um. It's been absolutely ages. I, I'm like lost for words. I'm stuttering. and I've got no idea what to do. Um, but I have got a script in front of me and I've got a lot of things I do want to say. Um, the first thing is don't be scared by the title of this episode. I've done that to make you click on it and listen because um, there is a lot to talk about. We are still going to be running the podcast. Things are still going on, planning to continue. And I'll come onto it all the way at the end. Um, but we have something hopefully some exciting things planned up um the plan was for us to you know just get a normal episode out and i would do this sort of update at the beginning of that episode um but i felt it was only right that i did a whole sort of thing on it because i can go into detail it properly and sort of you guys deserve that as well i know i've been getting somebody i was like where on earth is the podcast blah 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 and i'm like i wish i could explain it to you in 10 seconds but it's a bit more complicated than that and it's not too complicated but like there's a lot going on and it's like it's nothing bad or anything but it's just I think you guys deserve a whole episode on it to be honest and a proper explanation um and I didn't know when that next episode was going to be so I thought you know what I've got around half an hour now or however long this episode is going to be I've got no idea um let me try and explain what's actually going on so to sort of Oh, by the way, it is just me on my own today. Um, just literally just talking to you guys and ranting and all of that stuff. But yeah, it's just me. <laughs> um, but to 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 put the long story short, we have simply faced the dilemma of being way, way too busy. Um, and it's actually a massive shame timing-wise because I don't think like, we have done maybe one episode of a game after Graham Potter's in charge. And, like, there is so much to talk about, well, has been to talk about Chelsea in the last six weeks. There's so much content we could be getting out during the World Cup. Um, But, like I said before, we just have been way too busy. I've started uni um, just two months to the date, actually. Yeah, two months to the date um, I moved in. And I will be real, I have found it difficult. I definitely miss in school. So if you're in school at the moment and you're listening, then enjoy it while you can. 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. People have different experiences and I'm sure mine will come. But in that sense, it's been difficult and I've had a lot of work, you, you know, socialising and all of that. I mean, people have been uni, they know what it's about. Um, and I just haven't had the time to do this. And if I had had time, I've been prioritising other things as well. And that's what I want to, I'll go on to later. Um, Orlando is in a crucial years of his exams. I hope you won't mind me saying that. And if he does, then let's hope he's not listening. But um, he's got crucial exam years. He's working hard. He's barely on Twitter. He's barely texting. And he, he's pretty much made that clear. And I was the exact same last year. Um, and that's why, you know, I was, I left it to the others and I'll just do the quick edit and upload and most of the times it was them doing the recording um and then our two other admins dan and rob the regulars um they you know they're working they have busy weekdays and weekends you know they they've got other things as well so the main the main reason we haven't been uploading is we've just been way too busy um and that's that is what it is um and the the thing i was talking about priority is we said it before i've said it before we don't make any money from this podcast we actually technically lose out as i've said before because we have to pay to keep the podcast running to pay to keep the um the domain of the website and keep everything ticking and we pay with our own time as well um and it's always just been you know uploading podcast episodes because we love talking about Chelsea and we love talking about the club and we love giving you guys something to listen to and things like that and that's the reason that is solely the reason we have done over 100 episodes of the podcast it's literally just because we like talking about the club um so so in that sense I don't think that's changed we are still talking in group chats when we have time we're still talking about the club I'm still watching every single game I'm still watching every academy game it's just do I have the time to put the extra two hours the one hour of recording and the one hour of editing and uploading and graphic making and all of that stuff and advertising at once a week which was our aim of with the podcast do I have that time whilst everything else is still going on and the answer was no and Maybe the answer would be yes if I prioritised other things differently. But as I've said, because we get no money from it, because it's always just been a hobby, you know, I've got other stuff going on and so do they. And that's the unfortunate reality is that um, other other aspects of our lives have just simply taken over. Um, once again, though, I'd like to repeat, nothing is stopping. We are still going. That's why you're getting this episode and you will be getting episodes in the next few months. Um so the thing I had to ask you is, you listeners, what do you want from us and how can we make it up to you? Because for the last three months, it had pretty much been, I think we've well, this will be the fourth episode in the last three months, something ridiculous like that. Um, and it's a mix of also, you know, it's a mix of that's not good enough because you guys are used to once a week episodes, sometimes twice. Um, and yeah, okay, most of that was during lockdown when our free time tripled, but we still did it afterwards and we still loved it. Um, so yeah, is there anything you want? And I think the big, the big thing, which we've always said is it's quality over quantity for us. And I think the, the big example of that, um, we can do is. Well, the reason we haven't uploaded in the last, 
you know, if you, we, I think we could find like half an hour of spare time if we really, really wanted to get out of Nessa just for the sake of it. But I think the quality of it would be so shit and it would just turn into a bit of a mess. Um, so, I mean, if you are interested in seeing more regular podcast episodes, but the quality is less and we don't, we won't be able to get the guests on which we have done and which we will be getting on something I will go on about later as well in this episode, then let us know. But in my mind, it's, we are only going to upload if it's a good episode. We've, we've recorded, I think, two episodes and decided afterwards, yeah, that's not going up. And like, that is literally two, three hours of our time gone. But that's literally um, the sort of stuff we've, we sort of do. And, it's yeah it's always been up about the quality and in fact it would be really easy for us at the moment to upload podcast episodes and get those clicks and listens because we we in general I'd like to say from the Chelsea spot or at least the admins me Dan Orlando at least and I know Robert um and Danny and all the other regulars and etc um we are a massive fans of Graham Potter and we are, I believe, I don't want to speak on their behalf, I know I am um, completely, completely trusting the process. I have like full faith in Potter, full faith in Todd Bowley, full faith in, I don't know, Neil Bath. I have full faith in everywhere, everyone and every single direction we're going in. Um, and but for whatever reasons, most of the fan base seem to think otherwise and I know many of you may think that's not the case but you're a lot you lot are forgetting what some of the stuff was being said after the Newcastle loss um because I think well that was three Premier League games in a row lost something like that I don't know um certainly okay I would like to repeat well not repeat I'd like to say um Rob has made this clear I know in a few threads and I completely agree with that Graham Potter has been underperforming, and that I've got no doubt about. However, you are absolutely, I think, ridiculous, and I think you've lost the plot if you really want to sack Graham Potter. I think, like, honestly, I don't know why I'm speaking to you if you generally believe that. Um, And if you think Todd is going to do that, then I've got no hope for you. And I feel like a lot of those people are the guys who just still too attached to Tuchel and I know how that feels because I was too attached attached to Lampard and the sacking hurt so much and to you know at the beginning I was definitely a lot more judgmental to Tuchel than I probably would have been to any other manager because of sort of the Lampard sacking and I know how that feels right now but it's a bit different. We're not in the Abramovich area anymore. We're in a Bowley era where he's offering eight-year contracts, where he's, you know, going to back Graham Potter, where we made it very clear that short-term success is no longer the thing. It's all about what can we do in the future. I mean, you really think Bowley would have stolen about half of Brighton staff and consultancy and board members to sack Graham Potter uh, three months later? Like, come on let's let's sort of think a little bit um but anyway that's that's 
a bit off topic, but that was, you know, it's, it was back to the point that we could get stuff out if we wanted to, but it's a matter of us keeping the quality high. Um, so on that note, we, to keep the quality high, okay, I may as well say it. We have three interviews with three academy related guests and I'm sorry if you're you're much more you're not interested in the academy one bit but as you all know the academy is a massive massive focus of this podcast um as much as we do love talking about the first team as well especially when things go a bit crazy but we have three huge huge guests potentially coming on the first one I think would be the biggest episode we've ever had and we've had Pat Nevin on this episode on this podcast sorry um, I think it would be the biggest and best interview we've done yet. Um, that is in the works. If you are working for the club and you're listening to this, please reply to my email. It's been like four or five days. And I know two of that was weekend. And I know last time we emailed you a few years ago, you took five days. But please, just pretty please, just do respond as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, that's in the process of being administrated by the club and things like that. And and if we get the heads up that we can do it, then I think that will be an absolutely incredible interview and one you guys will love because we will ask the questions which not many other people would be able to ask. And I will get onto that later when, in fact, I'm going to do a little academy update um, on everything going on. Because this season, I don't think many games have been streamed at all. and I've I think I've been to pretty much all home games but one. Um and oh sorry, I've been I've watched or been to all home games but one and I've seen Leighton Orient away, Crystal Palace away and I know um and I know Wolves away the very first game of the season I think was streamed and I think there's a few more. Basically what I'm saying is don't think many other people in the whole world has been to or seen as many games as I have this season. Um, and I don't mean that in a cocky way, but I mean that in a way that you're not going to be able to judge the players, how they've been this season, etc. Because they've only broadcasted around five games maximum, including the EFL trophy. Um, so, like, in that sense... Um, I think yeah, the 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 first the the well yeah the the interview we have planned hopefully with the club with their heads up will be a brilliant one um, if we can get that done. The second one is a current academy players relative. Um, we are gonna we are gonna probably wait until the end of the season for this one, and I know that's absolutely ages and it's spoiling it early, but. We've got it all sort of booked up and stuff. Um, and the third one is a former players, a former Chelsea Academy players relative. The, the player has had a lot of discussion since he left the club. I hope that hasn't given too much away. Um, but that will be done hopefully in mid-December and should be out in December. Um, so those are three sort of quality top episodes we are looking to get out um the first two well no sorry the first one i mentioned and the last one i just mentioned hopefully should be out you know both 
by the end of December and I think that will be some really good quality um, content for you guys but but yeah I mean that's really all I have update wise um, do let me know if you've got any questions about it um, but we will have a discussion as an admin team on how can we try and fit in some time how can we get the quality back up do you guys want to see more Twitter spaces can we let others take control of spaces which you want to you know get uploaded onto the listening platforms as well um so it's something we'll have a discussion as a team but the podcast is still running we're going strong we've got things lined up and i'm really looking forward to getting things back on track after the world cup um but yeah that's the first section of the podcast i'm gonna have a little break well for you it'll be about two seconds but i am and then i'm gonna do a little general general academy update as i said before um, because, yeah, like I said, I've been to most games this season, can give a rough idea of what's going on when most can't. Um, and, yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about the academy because we are doing very, very, very well. Um, so, yeah, I will catch you in literally five seconds. Okie dokie. So, um, academy. Let's talk the academy, eh? Um about half an hour for me when I'm recording. Chelsea have just drawn. I want it. Yeah, Chelsea have drawn Cheltenham away in the Papa John's Trophy, the EFL Trophy, um, in the round of 16. Um, we just won 4-2 a few days ago against Peterborough. Yeah, Bergstrom was in goal. Um, you know, Chelsea Loney, and I only managed to catch the highlights. So that's probably one of the only games I haven't watched. But, um, I mean, the, all four goals were spectacular. Um, Malik Mothersill with the brace, two very well-taken finishes. Um, Cassidy with one of the best goals I've seen. I mean, he's literally just taken it out from 35, 40 yards and tucked it in the top bins. Like, the power on that shot, the action, I don't know, it was phew, incredible incredible stuff um and and yeah ben elliott with the the final goal with one of the loveliest dummies with his weak foot and then he just whacks it again top bins with his weak foot um but yeah one reason why we were why we're even in this knockout stages is because of that incredible comeback we did at Leighton Orient. I was lucky enough to be at that game and it's definitely the best game I've been to this whole season, including the first team. Um, we were sort of, we were 2-1 down until the, what, I want to say, I don't know, 89th minute, 80, yeah, something like that, 90th minute. Um I want to say it's Mothersill who scores both goals. Yes, Mothersill goes round the keeper for the first one, 90th minute, um, after I think we break from the corner or something like that. And at that point, I'm thinking, okay, penalties it is. You know, Chelsea actually, in the academy-wise, haven't had a great history of penalties in this competition and things like that. Um, pre-season, we didn't look amazing in penalties as much as it's pre-season. But, um, you know, it was, I was like, Penalties, I'll take it considering the situation we were in. Um, they missed a clear-cut chance, which probably could have won them the game. And we sort of, a minute later, just 
Hutchinson plays a delightful sort of sideways passy crossy thing, but he didn't look up once. He knew exactly where Mother Silver was going to be, and Mother Silver just had an easy tap in, and we go and win it three two in the ninety fourth minute. And oh, there was a goal line clearance as well, and I can't remember who it was from, but that was the Hutchinson, correct? Hutchinson with the last kick of the game had a goal line clearance. Um. They had an extra chance, and yeah, last kick of the game had to go on close. Anyway, I'm just giving commentary on a game which you've probably already seen all the highlights of, but I don't know why I'm doing that. But that, yeah, a lot has gone on in the academy. We have been, I think, we're 11 on the trot on beta now in the under 21s, um, which is really impressive. And I, yeah, I mean, the table. We're doing both in the 18s and the 21s. We're doing really well. 18th, we're third. Sorry, in the 18s, we are third. I know we're eight points behind first West Ham, who have been absolutely incredible. Um, they they've played seven, one seven. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. Um, but we're facing them uh, on the 29th, I believe, of November. Um, so that should be a big game. I I don't know if the under 16 players who are away with England, um, Frankie, Runham and Mweka. I don't know if they're going to be back by then. That's something I need to check. I've been told, but I've completely forgotten. Um, so under 18s, yeah, I, I think we can definitely, you know, who there's still so many games to go in the season for them. We can still, without a shadow of a doubt, push for, you know, even the title. We can go for it. And that's the same with the same with the Premier League too. Now, we're only three points behind first. We've have got a game. We've they've got a game in hand on us. That's Arsenal. But once again, we're just at the half. You know, we're almost at halfway stage of the season, and a lot of our draws have just been us conceding in the last minute for no reason. I want to say around three of the five draws is just like a a goal conceded in the last five minutes or something like that. I was there at the Palace game. We were 3-1 up until the 82nd minute and we go and draw a 3-3. It's just things like that. Obviously, that's part of development. Obviously, that's, you know, that's what happens in academy football. Um, And that's not an excuse. We deserve to be where we are. Oh, sorry, we're fourth. Um, But yeah, still three points behind Arsenal. But, um, but I'm saying the performances have been there and that's what people haven't been watching before. Like, if, if you asked me a month ago, people would say, oh, it's academy keep on bottling it things like that i'm like the performances have been there it will come our momentum will come and i think that's what's been most important and there's a really really strong chemistry around the group right now and a lot of that has been helped by a few players who i'm definitely gonna go on to discuss sort of in this update um but i think i should start off with mark robinson who has just come in um, taken over Andy Myers, who, you know, who no doubt struggled last season. We were literally in a relegation battle, and if it wasn't for a last-minute goal from Joe Hay, I want to say, we would be relegated. Like that is reality. Um, and we stayed up, and a season later, with the helpful signings of Cassidy and Hutchinson, but. I want to I want to emphasize as well that that shouldn't take a single thing away from the other boys, the other nine players who are already here, because they've also been exceptional. Um, 
Robert's just got them enjoying themselves. They're playing some lovely football. Um, and sort of the, the Chelsea identity seems to be back. I was thinking this last night, but sort of the, the if you ask me like my favourite academy team, like one of the, the favourite Chelsea academy team in the last five years, it was it's sort of the lineup which has got, you know, the likes of Levi Colwell, Dinel Simeu, Henry Lawrence, Tino Livermento, Lewis Bate, Charlie Webster, um, Miles Burt Harris, Marcel Lewis, sort of these big names in academy football. And it feels like we've got that now. Lewis Hall has broken into the first team. And oh, there's a few things I should definitely discuss on Lewis Hall. The first one being, if I said a month ago, you start Lewis Hall in a Premier League game, or you start Lewis Hall in a game against Carabao, sorry, against Manchester City in the Carabao Cup, I would have been absolutely slapped and abused, and so would all the other guys, the Cobham fans, what people say. Well, they say Cobham sexuals, but Cobham fans is what I mean. <laughs> um, um, like, we would have been, we would have been killed. They're like, oh, how can you start a 17-year-old or 18-year-old in a in such a big game, do you want to win? Because when I suggested that we start two or three players in a Champions League game, in a dead rubber game, in the sixth game where we had already finished first, it's not like we were second and fighting for first, we'd already finished first, I said we should start two or three. I got ridiculed. And then I, I want to make it clear that I ridiculed Lampard for for that Morecambe game when we won 4-0 and he didn't put in a single academy player on the pitch but that's the main reason because he, there wasn't any in the squad I think Tino Andron was literally the only one when Livermento was playing really well Bate was playing really well Lawrence was playing really well I slammed Tuchel pretty much his whole time at the club for not using the likes of Livermento when we were in desperate need of a right wing back and it would make no sense for me not to do it to Potter because it's not like I've got anything against the managers for me to use the academy as an excuse. I generally believe they are good enough when they are called up upon. And I know I've anyone I've said this before, you can if you watch the academy enough, if you've watched it for long enough, you can tell who's ready to make that step up from Academy football into first team, like straight away. Obviously they would get experience going out alone, they would come back a better player. But there are also players who can certainly do a job for you if they come into the first environment. Amari Hutchinson is one of them. Lewis Hall is one of them. Tino Livramento was one of them. Levi Cowell would have been one of them this season. And it's my point as in, you just have to trust Cobham. Like, Lewis Hall against Man City, best player on the pitch. Out of position at left back. People don't know he's a midfielder. Honestly. They think he's a left centre-back because Tuchel played in there. And they think he's a left wing-back because Potter played in there. And he's played a lot of that in the academy. He is a midfielder. He is a number eight. He is a box-to-box. He, like, yeah, he's a midfielder. And he's just gone and done that at left wing-back. And then he's gone and started three days later or something in the Premier League against Newcastle. And, of course, it was a different challenge because he comes up against starting England World Cup right-back in Kieran Trippier. And I can't remember who the winger was that day. Maybe been... I don't know. I don't, want to say, I don't have a clue. It's a different level to who was it? Was it Rico? Is his name Rico Lewis? Was he something like that? 
but like my point is, Hall still had a very good game that game. That's his Premier League debut, and he's gone and done that. Like other players can do the same from Cobham. The fact is that for some reason we have been totally against using Dion Rankin in the first team environment. We have been crying out for a right wing back this season when Reese has been out. We've cried Aspi there, Pulisic there, I don't know, Raheem Sterling there, Loftus Cheek. It's like you've seen what Hall can do on the left hand side. You you've seen what he's done in training. So then you go and play him and clearly he's gone down well. We've barely called up Dion Rankin, who's been one of our best players this season in the academy. And it's just like Dion is a player who's improved so, so much in the last year. Like, his development has gone crazy. Um, and I tweeted about him in sort of a tutor, in, in a thread I did about Tudor Mendel Adowu. But he has now mastered that right wing back role. And you can sense he was, well, because <laughs> I have someone who has watched him before, you can sense he's a winger who's played wing back who's playing wing-back, but this wing-back role is perfect for him. He is using his quick feet, his skills, and his sort of pace to that role so effectively that, like, I know people compare him to Lamptey because he's quick and he's skillful, but you have every right to make the comparison in that sense that he is, the same way Lamptey came into our squad in that Arsenal game when he got subbed on and completely changed it and we went and won. Rankin would do a similar effect. I've got no doubt about it. He absolutely should be the next one up. Um, a lot of people don't know this because um, it didn't get reported for some reason, but I tweeted about it. He did train with the very last session with the first team, and I'm hoping that is a sign that he's going to get called up um, to the first team in Abu Dhabi, wherever they're going. I I haven't heard of any names. I will do my best to find out for you guys and I'll tweet about it. We'll tweet about it on the Chelsea spot. Um, but I suspect, if you ask me right now, I think they will take Lewis Hall, Bashir Humphreys, Alfie Gilchrist, Dion Rankin, Josh Brooking, Amari Hutchinson and potentially Charlie Webster. Um, it's something I will speak about as well, his situation. Um... But yeah, I don't really know where I where I started this conversation. But oh, I started this with Lewis Howard, didn't I? But but yeah, like Dion Rankin is there to be used, so let's use him a little bit. And I'm hoping he gets a chance to impress more in first team training sessions. Um, but yeah, so I've talked about Hall, I've talked about Rankin, I've talked about Robbo, Mark Robinson, that is. Um, I may as well talk about Webster because I mentioned it and it's definitely the big elephant in the room because we at the Chelsea spot we broke the news in September I want to say September yeah that he was set to sign a contract at the club um, I promise you now that was the news at the time and that was the news that we got and that was accurate news Nizar, I, I don't want to throw under people under the bus here, but this is what was the report at the time. I'm just saying it to show that we weren't tweeting it for clicks. Nizar reported that a deal had been agreed. Adam Newson said, all but done. A, 
a, a source inside the club at the academy said it's very very likely like these are the words we were getting after we had tweeted it let alone the source who had told us it was going to happen so do i know what's going on with charlie webster's contract situation since no one because i haven't asked and two because i'm not that bothered like we were told he's set to sign and it looks like he may not be now so that that's it i mean i haven't gone digging for it i may do later um but it's not something we're probably going to report on again to be honest because clearly it's a bit of a changing situation things have happened a few people have said that he's done a u-turn since he's looking at offers abroad so that's sort of the thing going on and could his lack of first team involvement be related to the contract situation potentially i i again i do not know um i would hope not and i'd hope we saw what happened with livermento and that we were we should have convinced livermento to stay by playing him and i'd or using him in first session first team sessions like he wasn't taken to pre-season because he wasn't signing the contract i've said this so many times but do you know how backwards thinking that is now it's slightly different with webster if he's done a u-turn because the club will feel like they've just been messed around with there. However, I still would hope deep down that he is taken to Abu Dhabi because he is definitely one of the most talented players there. Um, and he's sort of the guy, he's sort of a type of player who would excel in a first team environment, I feel. he would His level would go up compared to the others, for example, even though he may not have been as good as some of the other players I'm about to talk about and I've talked about already in Hall and Rankin this season um that's the sort of vibe you get from charlie webster who's still been very good by the way um but yeah that those are that's sort of what's going on well not going on but sort of my sort of understanding of the whole webster situation um okay so that's hall discussed franken discussed webster discussed um the next player i mean i may as well amari hutchinson sort of hinted at him before he he's just been incredible like it's like it is like um he's doing some of he's doing some things which i haven't seen since Callum hudson odoi in the academy and like he's just been such fun to watch he had a bit of a slow start to the season and then he something just clicked and it's honestly like it's a surprise if he's not getting a goal or assist every game. That's how good he's at being at the moment and he's influencing games. He's working hard off the ball and I think that's the thing which people didn't expect maybe from him. He's, you know, he's a big money signing from Arsenal. There's so much drama going on and he's just filled into Mark Robinson's philosophy perfectly. He's picking out spaces, dropping deep, doing all the hard work off the ball as well. And that's just a delight to see. His first team involvement should have come against City from the bench. It unfortunately didn't. And it'd be a shame if he didn't get his debut for the club sometime this season. Because he's going to be more use of us, more use for us in the next five years than Hakim Ziyech. Than potentially Kai Herberts and Christian Pulisic. Um... So, use him. You've seen what Hall can do. Why not let's see what Hutchinson can do? Why not bring him up when we're 3-0 up or something? Um, 
So that's what I'm hoping will happen to Hutchinson. He's been absolutely incredible. Such a delight to watch him play. And I'm just hoping you guys get to see what he can do in a little blue shirt. Um, I may as well mention the other signing. The other big 15 million signing. I went out, Whenever I've been to these sort of EFL trophy games and we're playing League 1 and League 2 sides, the first player they always talk about is Cassidy. And it's how... Oh, they've got the big 15 million signing because obviously for League One and League Two clubs, that's you know crazy money, and it is crazy money for an 18 year old or whatever. But he's looked like a 15 million player. Like, okay, he's playing in the academy and not in the first team. He's 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 been an absolute beast in midfield. Um, the screamer. I mean, if you somehow missed it, just go and type in. Chelsea under 21 highlights on Juju and watch it because it was an insane finish. Um, but it's the it's, it's the other aspects of his game which I've been impressed with. For someone who is so big, so first of all, his heading and his leap is incredible. But his technical ability is so sound. He loves the slide tackle. Um, he absolutely loves getting stuck in. The only thing I can maybe criticise him for um, is that sometimes in games, he, you know, sort of the ball doesn't get to him enough. But I always counter that by saying he's sort of letting whoever's playing next to him in field, whether that's Ben Elliott, Lewis Hall or Charlie Webster, he's letting them do the attacking work because they are so good at it. So if he just sort of cleans things up and he's not a defensive midfielder in that sense, he's still, you know, really impressive going forward. But his role is slightly different in the sense that he's sort of linking it up from deep and letting those guys do all the work um, offensively in that sense. And then he's arriving late into the box as well in certain games. So I think, yeah, he's got a really nice balance about his game. And again, oh, I didn't mention him in the list in the training camp, but I'll be really, yeah. I mean, Fabrizio Romano, I think, reported that he would be going as well. Um, so that should be really good. And I, I honestly, like, again, he's... A midfielder who would do very well in this first team, like if he got given minutes. I saw the impact which Zakaria had from out the blue, and don't get me wrong, Zakaria is a good player. Um, but like Cassidy is a very good player as well, and you know we've we've tried crazy things in midfield this season, like Gallagher and a pivot two. Don't get me wrong, that's not that crazy, but it's crazy enough um, when you're refusing to use the academy. Cassidy is there, Charlie Webster is there, Lewis Hall is there, etc, etc. Um, so Cassidy has been, again, at first I was like, oh, we really signing a player for 15 million from the academy, but trust Neil Bath, and that's what you get. You get a top, top player. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there are, there are I'm going to speak about two more players. I was going to speak about the centre-backs in Bashir Humphreys and Alfie Gilchrist, but I just, yeah, I mean, I'll sleep them up for 10 seconds. They've been really solid, and Gilchrist especially I've been impressed with. Um, he's sort of, he's developing really quickly and into someone who is becoming a real leader at the back, despite Humphreys being captain, and that's always what you like to see. They've built a really good relationship with each other on the pitch, and um, he's playing well. He's making some clutch tackles, and yeah, I've just, I've just been really impressed because I know Gilchrist in the past has been a bit 50-50, he's been making mistakes here and there, but he seems to have cleaned up a lot of that and he's playing some really good football right now and 
same with Bashir. So I'm really happy with that. But the two players I did want to speak about were Ben Elliott and Leo Castadine. Similar positions-ish. Ben's probably done more of a pivot role in the under-21s team compared to Leo. He's still been more in the front three. And Leo's <laughs> barely played in the pivot for the under-21s. In fact, he's played at right centre-back a few times. Um, but Ben has been just... It's just... I'm just so happy Ben's playing his best football. He's just turned 20. People forget this was a guy who was captaining England sides at the under-14, on 15 level. was so, so highly respected by the England cap. And injuries really screwed him over, if we're being totally honest. But he's back playing his football. He's back getting involved in goals and assists. Um, he looks so composed, so technical. On the half turn spinning players around, he works so hard, can play in so many positions, so many different roles in midfield. He's just been such a joy to watch. And, okay, I don't think he's a player who is going to make 50 appearances for the first team. Is he a player who can become a top, top championship and Premier League player? Yes. I've got no doubt about it. If you asked me that three years ago after I've seen him after all the injuries, I would have said, no, I don't know. I can say that now. The way he's playing... A good club is going to come in for him very soon if Chelsea don't give him a chance. And if you're going on merit, like he he he's up there with Hall and Hutchinson and Rankin and someone who deserves to get first team minutes. He's been that good. Um and not many speak about him at all. Which is a shame, but it's also quite nice because he's just doing his own thing while the others get all the attention. And the guys who watch him, the scouts, whatever, the club, they rate him really highly and I think sort of a lone move next season if he, that's what he wants to do and he wants to stick around at the club could be really, really good for him. Um, so yeah, that's that's with Ben. I'm just really happy he's playing his best football and enjoying life again. And then the last player is Leo Castledine. I wasn't going to talk about Leo, but The Athletic just did a piece. Um, I think Simon Johnson on Leon is a, is a really, really nice article. Has some really good quotes from Robinson um, about him. Who I, I had a suspicious feeling. Is that English? I had a suspicion that Robbo would have trained with Leo um, before because Leo, both of them obviously were at Wimbledon and Robinson had sort of come up to coaching the academy. And the article certainly confirmed it that when Leo was in the under-14s age group, um, Robinson sort of trained with him. I think. I think actually, when Leo got called up to the 18s, when he was 14, which is ridiculous, by the way. Um, Robinson may have been under 18s manager, something like that. Um, but yeah, Leo has played at right centre back, like for the under 21s this season at times, a few games. And I watched the one where I want to say, yeah, United. We were three one up against until like the 92nd minute. He drew 3-3. But he came on at right centre-back around the 70th minute. And he was exceptional. Like, so, so good. And that's absolute credit to him. And you forget again, he's just turned 17. And that's the most impressive thing. Go and type in on Twitter, Ed Brand, Leo Car- No, Ed Brand Castledine. Um, last season when we won the, I think, the under-18 Premier League Cup. And Leo scored the screamer against Fulham at Craven Cottage. He like he cut inside and he just like free kicked curled it whilst the ball was moving into the top bins. 
Ed did made some brilliant quotes which we tweeted about Leo and it just reminded me as if he's speaking about Mason Mount, as if Lampard was speaking about Mason Mount, as if James Simmons was speaking about Mason Mount. Um, and yeah, it's just like Leo is a midfielder who has played at right centre-back, who has played at striker for the under-18s, who's played at striker for the under-19s in the youth league, who fits the front, sort of the winger front three role, sort of like similar to what Ben Elliott's playing under Robinson really well. That's where he started last, um, was it last night? Last night on Tuesday um, in the EFL Trophy against Peterborough. And he was just, you know, he's just been so, so good. And I tweeted, well, I did a, I did a academy sort of season preview at the beginning of the season for Football London. Um, thanks to Daniel Charles for that one. And I said, Leo Carstein is the name you want to look out for towards the end of the season. I didn't think he was going to get that much game time in 21s. I know he had a pre-season with them, but I thought, okay, he'll start off with the under-18s, and by January they'll then move him into the under-21s and maybe a few guys move on. Um, And then you'll really see him shine. But, I mean, he's come straight into the under-21s against seniors, and he's smashing it at the age of 17. Um, so with Leo, I'd just wait and watch and read the article because it's got some really nice things from Robinson about him. There's a bit of stuff about Ashley Cole and John Terry and Frank Lampard and how they know Leo. Um, and and his dad, of course, as well, who was a former football player. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my academy update. Um, D18s are going strong. Um, a few players, I don't really want to mention it because as much as I've watched their games and I could talk about them, they're still a little bit too young. So we'll let them be. And I'll probably discuss them in a few months' time, though, when saying that. Um, but they're pushing on, under-21's pushing on. Hopefully, you know, we can push for titles in both. I don't think it's a bit, I don't think it's too ridiculous to say that. Um, so hopefully that gets done. And hopefully our three academy-related interviews get done. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. You know where to find us. I don't know what Elon Musk is doing up for Twitter, so do make sure to follow us on our other social media platforms. Uh, Instagram, The Chelsea Spot. Our website, thechelseaspot.com. We'll be putting updates on there. Twitter is still running. We're still doing that. We will get spaces done. We will get podcast episodes done. We'll update you guys on everything on there with what's going on um but yeah give us a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode let me know on my social media handle cfc parry or the chelsea spot if you've got any questions do dm us we do reply pretty much to all of them um so yeah thank you so much it's been a pleasure to start to do this after a long long while and long may it continue